Hello and welcome, fellow film buffs. I'm Zach Droll, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow cinephile, Hunter Vanalira. Ho, ho, ho. Still Christmas. We are the box office losers. Each and every week, we deep dive into the movie sphere to watch and review any and all films to ever grace your TV screen or the silver screen. This week, we are talking about Christmas Vacation. Hip, hip, hooray for Christmas Vacation. And so, <laughs> before getting into um, our review... Um, this episode, as you guys saw in the video version, um, it is dedicated to my grandparents, Philip and Mary Carone. Uh, so, like, um, I mentioned in last week's episode that this film is special to me in so many ways. Like, every year when I went over to my grandparents' house for Christmas before they passed, th- this film was always on. We would quote the dinner scene. My cousin would, would quote Chevy's rant that he does. And like um, with my with my grandparents game being gone, and no one came to get it for the holidays anymore, <coughs> because of shitty reasons. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't die on me. So me, my dad, and my sister, we still watch this every year. We quote it, and this is essentially why like this film is special to me because I just equate it to the memories that I had with my grandparents, and and yeah, so. Hunter. You're going to hate that I reviewed this so poorly. <laughs> yes, I know. I saw. I saw your review. Oh, my God. Fuck. It's not that it's a bad movie. I talked about it before. It's not that it's a bad movie. It's just that I don't know half these. I know who Chevy Chase is, and I know his character, but I don't know half what like what's going on with all these other side characters and why they're all shitty. Well, okay. So. Well, if you, if you want to know a recurring gag in all of the vacation movies... The kids are never the same actor. Oh, I'm aware of that one, yeah. We talk about like, it. Like, like, legit, they are never the same. Well, it's because they grow too never. old in between. That, and also, it, it's just a, a funny gag. Oh, yeah, it's funny, for sure. You're just like, all the kids keep changing. <laughs> they still yeah. vaguely look like the mom and the dad, though, which is good. You always gotta get kids that look like the parent actors, or it's just a weird mess. So, oh, yeah. uh, Zach, you yeah, want to do the, the overview the, since this is your movie? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll do the overview. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is a 1989 American family comedy film, the third installment in the National Lampoon's magazine vacation film series. Christmas Vacation was written by John Hughes, who is ba- uh, who based this movie off of the Christmas 59, his short story published in the National Lampoon's magazine. Which is kind of cool that we're doing another John Hughes type movie as well. Yeah, and we're also doing another one based off a magazine <laughs> with uh, yeah. Christmas Story being based off a Playboy article. <laughs> yeah. Which I always think uh, those are kind of cool. So, do, do you want to read the cast, yeah. my guy? Because we'll I cannot fucking read last names. So, Chevy Chase plays Clark W. Sparky Griswold Jr., Beverly D'Angelo plays Ellen, his wife, Juliet Lewis plays Audrey in this one. Johnny Galecki plays Russ in this one. <laughs> Miriam Flynn plays Katherine Johnson, and Randy Quaid plays Eddie Johnson. Those are the big old main characters. I didn't really want to get into the whole cast because there's a, quite a lot of characters. You have the grandparents on both sides. Yeah. You have the uncles. Well, you, you have you Dreyfus listed, as, um, um the neighbor for some you reason. You could have listed um Ellen's mother, who was the mom from Everly's Raymond. Yeah, I recognize her. Uh, the funny thing is, yeah, so um, we have Leonard in this movie. This is before he blew up and was on Roseanne. That, oh my god, that, that's him? 
Yes. I did not know that. I didn't recognize yeah. him at all. I knew the name. I was like, Galecki, Galecki, Galecki. Who the fuck is yeah, that? Yeah, that's Leonard. That's, that's Leonard? The... Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. fucking hilarious. And Juliette Lewis is a huge actress. I, yeah. In my notes, I'm like, damn, she's young in this. What the fuck? <laughs> damn, I didn't know that was Galecki. Crazy, yeah. Because then he went on to do um, Roseanne, Roseanne, and then he hopped into a bunch of stuff, and then Big Bang for 12 years or whatever. 15. Yeah. So, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even recognize that was uh, him. He doesn't look the same at all. Well, he was a kid. I'm well aware, Zach. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> this, the budget of this film was $25 million, and it garnered $73.3 million at the box office. That is a smash right there. That's triple. Almost triple. Yeah, like, I, th- this film, like, for me, like I as I stated, like, it's it's one of my favorites. It. It definitely has its moments where it doesn't age oh, well. There's a lot there's a lot to love here. Like I understand what you mean by this is like one of your favorite Christmas movies, if not one of your favorite movies. I can see why you like it. It's just for me it's I don't know. I'm going to do a different style well, of comedy maybe. It, it's th- this movie essentially is a, 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 an acquired taste uh, more or less. No, no, I get it. Yeah. Um Yeah, do, do you want to read the notes? Yeah, so in this episode, we're going to talk more about National Lampoon than the movie in general, just because we've never covered a National Lampoon movie before, and I didn't know any of this before jumping into the Hey, the, the National notes. Lampoon Van Wilder series, man. Oh, God. I know about Van Wilder. That's Ryan Reynolds right there. That was based off Burt Kreischer, actually. Really? Yeah. He um, sold his story to... Um, I forget where he sold it to, and then National Lampoon stole it and didn't credit him so there's a episode of a, the Joe Rogan podcast where he's talking about how he called up the executives one day, and he's like, hey, I don't want any money from you guys, I'm not going to sue you guys, but is National Lampoon Van Wilder based off my college story? And they just, there's like three minutes of silence on the phone, and they go, yes. And then they hang up immediately, and Bird's like, I fucking knew it! So, it, it, you know, National Lampoon, not shitting on them or anything, but, like, it's cool that they have, like, these weird-ass stories that, like, tie into all this stuff. It's cool. I'll actually, yeah. we'll talk about it in a sec, but, uh, so National Lampoon is an, was an American humor magazine which ran from 1970 to 1998. It's actually Mad Magazine. Yeah. The magazine started out as a spinoff from the Harvard Lampoon. National Lampoon magazine reached its heights of popularity, critically acclaimed during the uh, 1970s when it had far-reaching effect on American humor and comedy. The magazine spawned films, radio, live theater, and various uh, sound recordings and print produ- uh, print products, including books. Um, many members of the creative staff from the magazine subsequently went on to create to contribute creatively to successful media of all types. In 2015, a documentary film was released called National Lampoon, Drunk, Stoned, Brilliant, Dead. The film featured a great deal of content from the magazine, as well as interviews with staff members and fans, and it includes how the magazine changed the course of humor. That's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, and then um, the next note is about the Netflix movie that came out. You can read that one. No, uh, yeah, about uh, the 2018 film, what, A Feudal and Stupid Genius? Gesture. Oh, gesture sorry <laughs> um a biography of co-founder douglas kenny also depicts also depicts the magazine's early years the film was described by a 20 by a 2018 new york time article as a snapshot of a moment where comedy's freshest counterculture impulse was gleefully uh, crass and and willfully offensive mm. in the same article douglas kenny was said to uh spot a Comical, comical, 
um, hollowness and rot. And I'm fucking stupid. And rot in the society, he and his peers were trained to join. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's got like, a bunch of uh, comedians in it. Um, Joel McHale actually plays Chevy Chase in that movie, which I think is hilarious because of their tie to community. Mm. And also, Joel McHale kind of looks like a young Chevy Chase. Not like too hard, but like a little bit. So this movie came out on Netflix, and it's just about like the like comedy culture magazine. It's also about National Lampoon. It's 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 cool, like what it discusses. We'll probably talk about it on the show eventually. It's got a bunch of crazy yeah. actors in it. Will Forte's in there. Um, like I said, uh, Joel McHale, um, Ken Jong, I think is in there. It's like a bunch of comedians. It's pretty good. I did not know this, so that's pretty nice. Yeah. So. <clears throat> National Lampoon's Vacation Film Series is a comedy film series initially based on John Hughes' short stories of uh, Vacation 58 that was originally published by National Lampoon Magazine. The series is distributed by Warner Brothers and consists of five main films, two of which are not sponsored by National Lampoon, and one is a spinoff. In recent years, the series has been an inspiration for various advertising campaigns featuring some of the original cast members. The series portrays the misadventures of the Griswold family, whose attempts to enjoy vacations and holidays are plagued with continual disasters and strangely embarrassing predicaments. It's it's true because like um, almost I think from like the very first vacation into this, like I'm not sure. Almost every vacation movie, uh, a pet dies. Oh, dude, that cat fucking goes. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation was directed by Harold uh, Harold Ramis. Hell yeah. Wow. And written by John Hughes, the film follows Clark and Ellen Griswold as they take their two children, Rusty and Audrey, on a cross-country trip from their home in Chicago to California theme park, Wally World. Hell yeah. Planned out by Clark, the trip begins to go awry after getting lost in... Oh, this is... This is the first one, yeah. This is describing... Why are we, why are we talking about the first one when we could be reviewing the first one? We're just giving a quick overview. It's just the overview of it. Because I figured, since we haven't covered any of them before, we just talk about each one as well, a whole we, just to describe the series getting into what we're talking about. Like, the the, the series does not follow follow any linear path, though. I know, but still. It's still got the same peeps. Just read it, okay. Zachary. There's not a lot of notes. <laughs> okay. Oh, and the trip begins. Arrive, getting lost in St. Louis. From there, they make it to... Coolidge. Uh, was it Coolidge, Coolidge, Kansas, where they spend the night at the home of Ellen's cousin Catherine and husband Eddie? Uh, there, they are forced to take Ellen's aunt Edna and her dog to Phoenix, Arizona. Along the way, there Clark accidentally drags the dog by the back of the car. Yeah, from the back of the car, Edna dies during a long way of driving. Yep, dropping her body off at cousin Normie's house in Phoenix. Then soon make it to Wally World to find out that it is closed. That's fucking funny, dude. I think the first one's probably good. I think I've seen that one. I forget which one I've seen. I know I've seen, besides the reboot and this one, obviously, I've seen one of them. I can't tell if it's the first one or the European one. I've seen the year. I've seen the. I've seen the first one. I've seen a little bit of Euro, and I've seen Vegas Vacation. Mm, maybe I saw Vegas. I don't know. 
Anyway, so uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation was directed by Amy Herkling and written by John Hughes and Robert Klein. After becoming the winning family of a game show called Pig and a Poke, the Griswolds win a two-week trip to Europe. The vacation begins in London, where they pay a visit to sites such as Big Ben, House of Parliament, and Buckingham Palace. Having trouble with driving on the left side of the road, Clark ends up in many accidents and unknowingly knocks down Stonehenge. How? <laughs> From there, we stop in France, where the uh, camcorder gets stolen in West Germany. They spend the night at the stranger's house and mistake them for their relatives, and in Italy, where they become involved in a robbery and kidnapping. This is the first of two vacation films that does not feature Randy Quaid, or Cousin Eddie, uh, and the second film is Vacation for 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to read uh, this one? Oh, yeah, for sure. I didn't know if you wanted to read it or not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You're like, I can't pronounce half the words in that sentence. <laughs> I'm going to die. So National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation was directed by Jeremiah S. Shechik and written by John Hughes again. Uh, The film follows the Clarks attempting to deliver the most fun-filled, old-fashioned family Christmas ever. As Clark's parents, aunt, uncle, and Ellen's parents, Catherine and Eddie, family begin to arrive early. He becomes obsessed with ensuring that everything's going right. Meanwhile, he's also expecting a large Christmas bonus from Frank Shirley, his boss, that will cover a surprise backyard swimming pool that he has already ordered. Oof. However, the Christmas bonuses are cut. He instead receives a one-year's membership to the Jelly of the Month Club, causing him to snap and go crazy. We'll go more into the plot when we get down to the plot section. In 2000... I just want to touch upon this. So the funny yeah, thing sure. is, um, so like as most of the vacation are not like are tied to are tied to together tied to each other, but um, so the the pool situation. In Christmas vacation, mm-hmm. when uh, w- since we're getting we're getting into Vegas vacation, they don't live in the same house in Vegas vacation. <laughs> so I, either that or they somehow drove their neighbors fucking crazy, as we'll touch upon it. Moved them out, expanded their house, and they're able to put a pool in that way. But yeah, because the house is a lot bigger in fucking Vegas. Mm, weird. And uh, now read about that dumpster fire that was Christmas <laughs> Vacation 2. So in 2003, NBC aired a sequel to the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, which featured Cousin Eddie's family on a Christmas vacation in the South Pacific. Randy Quaid, Miriam Flynn, and Dana Barron reprised their roles from the previous vacation films alongside newcomers Jake Thomas, Edward Eisner, Sung Hee Lee, and Fred Willard. Rest in peace. So yeah, dude, I will never watch that film. I did not like Cousin Eddie's character at all. Oh, it, it it's a dumpster fire. There's I think no, that's the no point. No one ever though. likes this. No, I mean like Randy Quaid's character is a dumpster fire on purpose. I just didn't like him. Well, no, I, I'm talking about. Oh, that one. Movie. Yeah, it, I know. It, it, it's a dumpster fire. Yeah, it's hot trash. They were just trying to cash in on um the the Christmas vacation vibe. And and, and they saw Eddie as good comic relief because he was comic relief in the first one, but he wasn't good comic relief. Yeah, he, he was comic relief in the Christmas vacation, but like. It was just he was good. annoying. It was just good to see a juxtaposition of perfect family and dumpster family. So, <clears throat> Vegas Vacation was directed by um, Stephen uh, S- Stephen Kessler and written by um, a- um, El- Ellis Bell, based on the story by Bell and Bob uh, Duske. Yeah, this isn't even a John rece- Hughes film. That's weird. After receiving a lot, well, I think John Hughes thinks stepped down or died. No, remember he died in 2015. Oh yes, 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 yes. We talked about this during Breakfast um, Club. After receiving a large bonus check from Frank Shirley, Clark takes his family on vacation to Las Vegas. 
immediately hitting hitting the blackjack tables. He begins to blow all of his money, resulting in them breaking off in their own direction. While he's while he tries to regain uh, regain his money through the help of his cousin-in-law Eddie, Ellen becomes more infuriated, more infatuated uh, with Wayne Newton as Rusty wins big at the dice table. When Audrey turns to turns to go-go dancing with her cousin Vicky, right, right. Uh, the film is notable for being the first and to date only installment of to receive a PG rating. From the M from the MPAA. Wow, which it's a PG rating, film, and they go to Vegas. That's a miss on their part, right there. So I think this was before the MPAA no titties for started you. cracking the, the whip a lot harder. Yeah, because I I've seen this movie a lot, and this ooh this one goes out there. <laughs> I believe it. And finally, Vacation is a 2015 theatrical installment of the films written and directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. <coughs> Following the Clark- in Clark's footsteps, a grown-up Rusty Gridwall, played by Ed Helms, surprises his wife Debbie, played by Christina Applegate, and their two sons, James, played by Skylar Gizondo, and Kevin, played by Steele Stebbins, Stebbins? Uh, with a cross-country road trip back to Wally World in an effort to recreate the family vacations he had with his parents and sister Leslie Mann. It is the first entry since the original to receive an R rating, and I like this film a lot. Chris Hemsworth is in it. It was just a nice little jaunt. I didn't really know what the vacation films were. I knew the legacy of them. I just didn't know what they were. So when I watched this film, I was like, "This is kind of cool. I get I, this I'm vibe." I'm kind of hoping um, Steel Steppens is a stage name and not the person's real name, because God, the name Steel Steel Steppens. That's that's like, please tell me that that's like a stage name. I mean, Steppens like, is probably this. his last name, but his parents were probably like. Go buy Steel. That'll get you somewhere. I actually have never seen that kid in anything else besides that movie. But then again, I don't pay attention to children's careers because that's weird. So. <laughs> I, I was happy to see Christina Applegate in this because also, like, when I was growing up, I used to watch um, Married with Children and uh, Kelly Bundy was, like, TV crush. Oh, no, you're missing Peg Bundy. She's the real TV crush. <laughs> God, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, Katie Seagal. Oof. Well, yeah, Keith Skull, yes, is also a bombshell. <laughs> but Christina Applegate, man. Oh, no, I totally believe Dude, Anchorman. Done. Yeah. <laughs> we should cover that one at some point. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation originated from a short story written by John Hughes called Christmas 59, uh, which was published in December 1980 issue of National Lampoon's magazine. The studio came to me and begged for another one. I only agreed because I had a good story based on it, said Hughes. But those movies had become a little more than Chevy Chase vehicles. Uh, director Chris Columbus initially was to direct the film, but due to uh, personalities clashing between him and Chase, <laughs> Columbus left the film and was replaced by Chekwik. Uh Hughes eventually gave Columbus the script to Home Alone. Nice. Which is, I, I'm kind of like, I'd be interested to see how... This would have been directed by Chris or by Chris Columbus. I think it would have been a little bit better, honestly. <laughs> no, oh, it, it would have been like I, I not think that, Eddie not, probably not, would have not never that, been involved. Not that Chase is a bad director. It's just I think with Columbus's um, track record, mindset, yeah, and mindset, and everything. But yeah, I I think I think Eddie wouldn't have, wouldn't have been as annoying. I don't think Eddie would have been in this film. <laughs> yeah. 
So, principal um, photography began on March yep. 27th of 1989 in Summit County, Colorado, with footage shot in Silverthorne, Be- Breckenridge, and Frisco. From there, the production moved to Warner Brothers Ranch facilities in Burbank, California, where the set of the Griswolds family house and street is located. The movie debuted at number two at the box office while grossing $11.7 million during the opening weekend behind Back to the Future Part 2. The movie eventually really? topped the box office charts in the third week of release and remained number one for the following weekend. It went on to gross a total of $71.3 million in the United States while slowly uh, while showing in theaters, and it was the highest grossing film in the series until the release of Vacation in 2015, which I think is that's weird actually, that, that like, the that new one would, is the highest it, grossing. <laughs> well, I, I think a lot of people kind of had rose-tinted glasses when they, when they hear Vacation. Well, also, it was like a new reboot. It was like a reboot. And like a sequel, and, and it was good for people who've never seen the franchise before, because all you got to do is you hear um, Ed Helms's character Russ go, "Oh yeah, it's just like a vacation I did when I was a kid." And like, as a viewer going in, I was like, "I don't need to see that movie." He said he went there. <laughs> like, that's it. And then you see Chevy Chase, and I knew who Chevy Chase was, so I was like, "Oh, that's his dad. That's cool." You know. I guess. And I like, okay, now one. I kind of have to watch the first one. Yeah, I got to see the Wally World one. <laughs> so. I, I'm actually like I that's that that's kind of like weird that it was able to maintain itself with Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah, it was at number two, and then it surpassed everything for like the next three weeks. And I hey I, I like Back to the Future Part Two a lot. Oh no, Back to the Future Part Two is good. My favorite's still the first one though. Can't beat it. Oh no, of course everyone likes the first one. I I got to see the first one. I think um, two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. I saw it via like with a live orchestra mm. doing like the the music to it. That's awesome. So so nice. That's awesome. But we're not talking about that movie. We're talking about yes. Christmas Vacation. So Zach, do you want to get onto the plot? Yeah, I'll I'll read the first paragraph. The first two. <clears throat> Chicago area resident Clark W. Griswold plans to have a great Christmas with his entire family. He gathers his wife Ellen daughter Audrey, and son Rusty, and drives out to the country to find a tree. After walking around the snow for hours, Clark finds the largest tree he can, realizing too late that they did not bring any tools to cut down the tree. They are forced to uproot it instead before driving home with the tree strapped to the roof of their car. <coughs> Fucking how? How did they get that out of the ground? Dude, I don't know. I feel like Chevy Chase is, like, pure dad energy he was able to rip it out of the, the ground yeah <laughs> um soon after both clark and ellen's parents arrive to spend christmas uh since it's not here they spend 10 days with them 11 more or less that's crazy 11 days with your family living in your house kill them i know <laughs> um right for, spend christmas but they're uh Bickering quickly begins to annoy the family. Clark, uh, however, maintains a positive attitude, uh, uh, determined to have a fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. He covers the house exterior with 25,000 twinkling lights, oh, yeah. which fail to work at first, but he has accidentally wired them to his garage light switch. When the family comes um, the f- when they finally come on, they temporarily cause a citywide power shortage and create chaos for Clark's yuppie neighbors, uh, Todd and Marco. Why the fuck are they in this movie? (laughs) What? Why the fuck are they in this movie? They mean nothing. They're just there for comic (laughs) relief as well. 
bad. While standing on the front lawn, admiring the lights, Clark is shocked to see Ellen's redneck cousin, uh, Catherine. Catherine, and her husband, Eddie, as they arrive unannounced with their children's Rocky and Ruby Sue, and their Rottweiler dog, Snots. Uh, Eddie later admits that he that, that they are living in the RV they arrived in, as he is broke and he is forced to sell his house and... Um, Acreage. Anchorage, sorry. Uh, this is a lot to read. That's why I'm kind of losing track of where I am sometimes. All good. Uh, Clark offers to buy gifts for Eddie's kids so they can still enjoy Christmas soon. Afterwards, Clark, uh, senile aunt Bethany and grumpy Uncle Lewis arrive as well. Yeah. My two favorite characters. They're the worst characters. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> They're my favorite characters. <laughs> So Clark begins to wonder why his boss, Frank Shirley, has not given him his yearly bonus, which he desperately needs to replace an, an advance payment he has made on installing a swimming pool for the coming summer. After a disastrous Christmas Eve dinner, along with Bethany's cat getting electrocuted and exploding, and Uncle Lewis accidentally burned down the Christmas tree, uh, he finally receives an envelope from the company's messenger, who had failed to deliver it the day before. Instead of the presumed bonus, he, uh, the envelope contains a free year's membership for the Jelly of the Month Club. This prompts Clark to snap and go into a triade, a tirade about Frank and out of anger requests that he be delivered to his house wrapped in a bow so Clark can insult to his face. Eddie takes this request literally, drives to Frank's house, uh, drives to Frank's mansion and kidnaps him. Frank admits to have canceled the Christmas bonuses and Clark uh, chastises him for it. Meanwhile, Frank's wife Helen calls the police and a SWAT team storms the Griswold house and holds everyone at gunpoint. Frank decides not to press charges and explains the situation to his wife and the SWAT leader who scolded him for his decision to scrap the bonuses, and he decides to reinstate with Clark getting a bonus equal to last amount plus 20% as compensation. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, funny, funny thought. You can actually have a fun drinking game with this movie for how many times a window gets broken. Or how many times uh, they drink in the movie. <laughs> no, no not, not even. Like, you, you can legit, like, every single time a window is broken... You you can like you can get fucked up in this movie. Oh yeah, there's at least seven times. So if you play it by shots, you're done. <laughs> yes. Um, Do you want to close this out with paragraph? the uh, plot? Yeah. Hell yeah. The family heads outside when Rocky and Ruby Sue believe they see Santa Claus in the distance. Clark tells them it is actually the Christmas star, and that he finally realizes what the holidays mean to him. Uncle Lewis says. Uh, that's the light, uh, the light is coming from the sewage treatment plant, reminding Clark that Eddie has been dumping sewage into the storm drain. Gotta love Eddie. Before Clark can stop him, Uncle Lewis tosses a match used, used to light his cigar into the drain, triggering an explosion. The explosion sends, uh, a Santa sleigh decoration flying into the sky on Bethany's Starts singing the Star Spickle Banners, and everyone joins in as the flaming decoration flies into the distance. The entire family and the SWAT team members then celebrate inside the house, while Clark and Ellen happily share a Christmas kiss. And Clark stands outside, satisfied that he has the Christmas that he's always wanted. Hell yeah. So, okay, um, I, I, I... Before we get into your notes, or mainly my notes, then your notes, because I have just one thing. Yeah. Um. Why do you hate Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis? They're just annoying, and they did not add anything to the plot. They came in at the. They came in right at the end, like they needed to spice up the comedy. Like the director was like, "Shit, we need more characters to make it funny." So they added these two grumpy old people, and I was like, "This is fucking dumb." Like you already have six old people, you don't need more. 
See, well, like, but, but those two characters are the reason why my Christmas dinners in the past were funny. I don't get it. Because we legit mock the Grace died 30 years ago well, every time. <laughs> and I then know, um, I just thought they were kind of like wasted characters. Give the lines to the characters they already had. You don't need to fill the house with more and more people. Eh. All right, I'm going to read my me. note since I just have one little thing. Yeah. Um, The mall scene will be the one thing with this film will be the one thing of this film that doesn't age well besides Chevy Chase <laughs> so actually that, that that mall was not really a mall it was um it, it's a law school that's cool uh if you watch like I, I watch a lot of travel channels a lot of travel YouTubers mm-hmm. that kind of go to famous film locations that's cool yeah it, it's actually um a, a law school well is it a law school now or was it always a law school that they repurposed it, it was scene? always a law school oh uh, okay gotcha I know sometimes they, like, repurpose old things once they're out of picture. But, uh, yeah, so let's move on to my mid-movie notes because this is the first time I was seeing this film. And, uh, boy, do I have some, uh, opinions. So, right when it started up, I said the animated intro is nice and fun. Uh, this is during the scene where Chevy Chase is driving the car. I said Chevy Chase has fantastic delivery. Sucks that he's an asshole now. Um... Yeah. I said, doesn't the, cl- the car fly over uh, a cliff of sorts in, like, every movie? Well, th- this was really just, just a snowbank. I know, but, like, you know what I mean. Like, don't they always, like, jump the car? Uh, I think so. I remember they did it in the new one, and then I remember them saying something that ha- always happens. So, I don't know. I figured I'd ask you. Um, the scene where uh, Juliette Lewis goes with the Christmas tree and her eyes are frozen... They're playing it like it's nothing, but she's blind. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, she'll see it later. Her eyes are frozen. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. Uh, next note. He ripped the tree out of the motherfucking ground. How? <laughs> he just uprooted that baby. Just yeet. Yeah. I said, damn, Juliet, you, Juliet Lewis is young in this. I'll now add, damn, Johnny, Gale- Johnny Galecki is young in this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, business, 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 pool. Uh, Captain Knuckles is in here. Hell yeah. First time watching this. I think it's the only one I saw uh, of the originals, and I know I definitely saw the new one. Back to the mall scene. Ah, sexual harassment at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the malls can't even be more hooter hotter than ever. <laughs> There's the scene where he pulls out the lights and he gives it to uh, Rusty, and he's like, ah, little knot here. That was really fucking funny. <laughs> Um, next note, is it a vacation if they don't go anywhere? Uh, no, is yes. the answer. The answer is no. Yes. No. Yes. In every movie but this one, they go somewhere. It's not Christmas vacation. It's just National Lampoon's Christmas. That's it. It's a Christmas vacation. It's not. It's a vacation for the fucking old people. <laughs> that doesn't, that's nothing. It's a vacation for yes, Cousin it Eddie. it means something. It's a vacation for Cousin Eddie. <laughs> Admit it, this is Cousin Eddie's movie. God, no. <laughs> Next note, why are the neighbor characters even here? Why? I think why? It, it's just for the slapstick. Uh, Next up, the grandparents, Griswold's side, are top tier. There's the scene where um, Chevy Chase fails to light up the lights and his parents, like, console him. Like, oh, I can see it. They're great. And the dad goes, ah, I believe in you, son. Like, I was like, they're nice. They're great. Next note, why are the neighbors here? 
Anyway. Slapstick. Never. I, I got like two more notes about the neighbors, I think. <laughs> Slapstick. Um, Cousin Eddie doesn't seem that bad, but I haven't seen the other films. Next note, immediately following what I just wrote down. And the gerbils, bro. They're going to put them up each other's asses. Yeah, man. You, Cousin Eddie was like, we got to get the leather suits and the gerbils. And I was like, no, 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 no. You do not get the gerbils. Oh, oh that sledding scene was bad. Ooh, so bad. He just, like, oils it up and then flies for three minutes. I was like, they just needed to extend that runtime and show off one of their sponsors, Walmart. Like, it was just like, oof. Um, Ellen's Christmas blouse is missing a whole-ass middle. There's, like... She was a bombshell at the time, too, man. Oh, no, she was good-looking, but, like, the middle of her blouse is just cut out, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I guess it's a nice Christmas, like... Like, uh, clothes if like, I pre- if up, I remember but... correctly, in the first Vegas, no, in the first vacation movie, she goes topless for one scene. Gotta go watch the original then. <laughs> um, he's gonna kill that cat. Next, they ain't gonna get that out of the carpet. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, he plugs in the lights and it blows up the cat underneath the couch. Um, immediately after the dead cat, we get another fire joke. With uh, Lewis lighting the tree and himself on fire, we have mm-hmm. the messenger come in and give the uh, letter to Clark W. Grimm, which I thought was great that he can't pronounce his name. Um, he's definitely not going to get that money from the bonus when he gets the Jelly of the Month Club. That's a terrible yeah. bonus. I would quit this job if the boss treated me this poorly. Not because the bonus was bad, but also because, like, during the movie, the guy doesn't even remember his name. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to talk to him. I was like, fuck this guy. No amount of money will keep me at this shitty job. Uh, the squirrel bit is nothing and dumb. Only reason why this film is watchable is because of Chevy Chase. Boss Redemption, when he gives the bonus with 20%. SWAT, aight then. And then I dig the soundtrack a lot. So, those are my notes. Um, I, 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 I'm going to keep on reiterating, though, for the fucking neighbors. It's just an effort for slapstick. It, it, no. I'm going to tell you no right now. No. They, yes. they, that wasn't that wasn't funny. None of their stuff was funny. It kept bringing away from the Griswold family. I watched the movie because I like Chevy Chase for the most part, and <clears throat> I like the uh, the National Lampoon stuff. But like, I don't want to see the neighbors. The neighbors are nothing in this film. Yeah, Julie Dreyfus is good looking, and it's great that she's in this because she's talented. But like, I don't know who that other guy is. And like, the first scene they show up in where they're yelling at him about the tree, they can keep that sure. The scene where they break the window the first time, that's fine. Every other scene after that, except for the SWAT scene, take it out. Don't need are, it. Are you, are you telling me that, like, like, don't keep the scene in where they go blind from the fucking Christmas lights? That was just dumb. And the guy falls down the stairs? Don't need it. Not God nece- damn it. Not necessary, Zachary. Not necessary. It's necessary. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Anyway, let's move on to the reviews. Fuck and you. most people will tell me that I'm right. So, at the time of the film's release, no, they won't. the film received mixed to positive reviews. However, over time, Bitch. many of the cited as a Christmas classic review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes reports that 68% of the 47 film critics have given this film a positive review with a rating of 6.3 out of 10. The site's consensus reads While Christmas Vacation may not be the most disciplined comedy, it's uh, got enough laughs and good cheer to make a solid seasonal treat. All right. Zach, do I you want to read good... the good review? Because you are the good review boy. Yes. Uh, the good review from Timeout staff of Timeout, 4 out of 5. 
Sure, it's crude, episodic, and half the jokes don't work, but Christmas Vacation may be the only modern Christmas comedy which really stands up to repeat viewing. Up to repeat viewing. <coughs> I can feel that. Uh, when I was watching... Sorry about that long, weird pause, guys, that nothing is happening in. Totally nothing's happening. My dog's not barking at nothing, because that's what she does. Anyway. Yeah, I, definitely, I definitely didn't want to have to edit it out, but, you know, I had to do more work. It takes two seconds. To edit out the bark. No, but then I have to resync shit. You'll be fine. Anyway. I hate you. Anyway. I hate you. Anyway. Well, I, I can understand why people would watch this movie over and over and over again. Like, as, as bad as I'm going to give it a review, and it's not even that bad, honestly. Like, the 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 delivery from Chase kind of makes you want to revisit it yearly. Like, I would come back next year and watch it just for Chevy Chase. Mm. Just because of how great that character is. The Clark Griswold character. That's about it, though. So, I'll read the bad review from the king of movie reviews himself, Roger Ebert, from the Chicago Sun-Times. He gave it a 2 out of 4. He said, Sequence after sequence seems to contain all the necessary material to be well on the way toward a payoff, but then it somehow doesn't work. (laughs) That's only an excerpt from his actual review. His review is, like, pages long, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, do you want to read your review first? Yeah, because you have, like, a million. So... Yeah. Hello, puppy. So, I'm giving this five jolly assholes out of ten. So, I, I, I'm I, a bit biased for, towards this film. I'm well aware. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I have... So, as you guys know, we use quotes for, for hours. So, I have two quotes. Ten, and when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney tonight, he's going to see the jolliest bunch of assholes the side of the nut house. Out of 10. And that's where I got my jolly assholes. <laughs> or 10, I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking dog, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed, sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. Holy shit, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> oh. That's a good, that's a good line right there. That rant. It's classic. I wonder. I wonder if that was fully scripted. He's like, "Hey, just fucking have at it." I probably. They probably just told Chevy Chase to just insult someone, and he was like, "I bet." So. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm very biased toward this film for my memories that I, I have with it. Yeah, nostalgia rose tinted goggles are the best kind of goggles, but sometimes when an outsider looking in sees it, they go, "This movie's not good," and that's who I am to you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> You're you're sitting there with your rose tinted goggles on your couch, and I'm in your window yelling through the yelling through the mirror. This movie sucks. <laughs> I I hey, you better not be saying that towards Elf next week. Oh, you never know, man. I've never seen it. Can't wait to shit on it. Hell yeah. <laughs> People are gonna hate you. Elf's a classic, man. I know. I was watching the Christmas Chronicles, the Kurt Russell Santa movies, and um, mm-hmm. in the Christmas town that Mr. Claus is from. He, uh, I called him Mr. Claus, Santa Claus, he, uh, they play Elf all year round, and I was like, okay then. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anyway, so, Zach, do you want to close us out? Yep, hold on a second. <coughs> Thank you for listening, guys. You can follow us on Instagram, at BoxOfficeLosers, and on Twitter, at BoxLosers, but mainly follow the Instagram. Uh, just for random, like, uh, post art that we find. And everything our else posts. there. Uh, we also try to keep you guys up to date with things that are happening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends on wherever you're listening from Podcast Land. 
I also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Watch on the YouTube channel. It, it, hell, please watch the YouTube channel. At least give my shit some credit. Um, I beg of you. <laughs> you do the major editing on this too. The audio version is also your work yes. too. Well, like, but I a lot of the heart and soul goes into the uh, video stuff. Yeah, because it takes a little bit more time. <laughs> yes. Um, Hunter, where can they find you? You guys can find me at Scruffy Moose Man all over the internet. You can also find me on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. on Pound That Button, a PlayStation podcast, and Wednesdays at 10 a.m. at um, Android's Amazing Podcast, which is a comic book podcast. This week on the Pound That Button, we talked about the PlayStation 1. And on Android's Amazing Podcast, we talked about the chilling adventures of Sabrina just in time for Season 4, which comes out uh, the 31st of December. So definitely go check those out. It's a fun time. Uh, yeah. Zach, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me Zach at, Dark Shadows, <laughs> at Dark Shadows Ache literally everywhere. Um, yeah, I say everywhere. I mean everywhere. I'm also a contributor for the sports hit list. Um, I will be reviewing AEW Dynamite tonight. Uh, well, well, upon well today of the recording will be up on Thursday. Um, so yeah, guys. Um, and also for our listeners on the East Coast, we hope that you stayed safe during this upcoming snowstorm that we're supposed to be getting. So yeah. Yep. Today today is supposed to be kind of shitty, which is Wednesday. Uh, the 16th, the day we're recording. And then tomorrow it's supposed to trickle in with a little bit of ice, which is the 17th. So hopefully yes. you guys were all safe. And then also, if any more snow comes, be safe, guys. Don't fucking Yeah, if stupid. any more snow comes, say, um, just ha- have a marathon of our podcast. Yeah, dude, marathon our Christmas podcast. Even though we're not as funny as we will be soon in the future, we do give you a good bunch of good information on the movies that you are sitting down to watch that you may not know about. We are funny. We we have our moments. Oh, exactly. We have our moments, but we're getting there. This is how podcasting works. You slowly but yes. surely garner your riffing and your comedy, and eventually we'll be a real podcast. Right now, we're just a baby yes. boy podcast. Well, yeah, guys. Um, uh, we'll see you all next week for our double header of Elf and Die Hard. Hell yeah, man! Gonna be great. Die Hard is the best Christmas movie, and you cannot tell me otherwise. And Elf will be my first time viewing, so yeah, get ready for that. Yeah, it better be a, it better be a, at least a decent review. My mid movie notes are gonna be fleshed, hopefully. All right, guys, we thank you all for listening. Uh, if you are listening to this, if you're not listening to our Christmas episode on Christmas, Merry Christmas, and our non Christmas listeners, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, everything in between. Kwanzaa Machandrika. Uh, yeah. All right, guys, peace out. Bye bye. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol?